Hello and welcome to 27 Retail's podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Panels. The French market is definitely an appealing target for any company. But in order to enter the market, a manufacturer must first prepare and ask itself some questions. For example, should you use an agent, a wholesaler, go directly, or perhaps use another road? How do you seduce buyers? What drives consumers? These and other questions are addressed in today's episode with Mathilde Imrier from Sutralis, an organization that helps companies enter the French market. As you will hear, Mathilde will give you pointers and a lot of facts to help you in the right direction. Hello Mathilde and welcome to the show. Hello Vincent. I'm glad you're here because today we're going to talk about how to enter the French market. And that is something that a lot of our uh, audience uh, would like to know. Um, perhaps the easy question first to start, uh, what are the main trends that you know or that you've identified which are currently working on the French market today? Okay, so this is a very interesting question. There is uh, quite a lot that are probably very similar in uh, in other countries, but Uh, France can be seen uh, as a conservative or traditional when it comes to food. The food industry uh, has been through some significant changes uh, recently and mostly since COVID. Uh, the French consumers are looking for new tastes, a uh, new way of consuming their product. So if I give some example, We can talk about, for example, uh, the 100% natural product. Um, consumers are looking for shorter ingredient lists. Uh, there is also all the free from, so free from sugar, palm oil, additives, gluten, lactose. Uh, these are on the trend uh, also. There is uh, all the product that would uh, have nutritional or therapeutic benefits. So the superfood, for example, or recently we have seen a lot more of fermented drinks that would have uh, benefits for the gut health. Okay. Uh, there is also uh, more and more products that include CBD for people that can be stressed, I guess. Um, <laughs> there is also the organic product so this is I know, I know at the moment a bit of a, a topic because uh, since last year the turnover of organic products have decreased by nearly 5% uh, in value but it is still a trend the organic products in France are still uh, seen as better for your health better for the planet And France is still the second largest organic market um, with a turnover of nearly 13 billion euros. Okay. So it's still, yes, it's still important, I think, to mention. Um, all the trend that we see uh, more and more will be all the plant-based and vegan offer. Uh, for example, within the last 10 years, uh, the meat consumption in France has fallen by 12%, which is... Uh, quite important. In 2021, 81% of French people mentioned that they wanted to reduce their meat consumption. Uh, and the plant-based market represented 468 million euros. This category, I think, um, is a trend also because it's answering to different diets. It's not only for vegan products or vegetarian that are not the majority of the French population, 
but it's also for all the flexitarian um, that are it's definitely a growing uh, part of the population so people are looking <clears throat> for plant-based uh because they've seen it as better for the animal welfare, but also for the planet. Uh, and it also can be for a reason of uh, cost, because meat can be uh, expensive. Okay. In another type of trend that we also notice, and it's uh, probably uh, the last one I will mention, is the NOLO. So all the drinks with no or very low alcohol content. Okay. Um, is definitely growing in France. So in 2021, this category in retailers uh, represented 277 million euros in turnover, which was uh, an increase of 11%. But if we look at uh, closer in January 2022, 4.44 million liters of alcohol-free beers have been consumed, which was 43% more than in January 2021. Obviously, January, with dry January, we can imagine that the consumption of no alcohol is, is higher than the rest of the year. But uh, uh, it's definitely growing a lot. And the beers, so the alcohol-free beers, are on the top of the list. But we've seen more and more um, spirits, more and more wine also. So any type of uh, alcohol drink that you can have for aperitif for any time uh, are now offering a alcohol-free uh, range. Okay. So I think to conclude, uh, we can say that 83% of the French population today is ready uh, to change their heating habits to reduce uh, their environmental impacts. For example, 86% of French people want less packaging. It's also a very important point. Uh, but if there is one thing that we need to keep in mind is that French consumers are, yes, looking to have a healthier lifestyle and so a better diet, so eat better. But the taste remains a very uh, important point for French consumer. We want to eat healthier, but we still want to eat tasty food. Okay, that, that actually sounds quite logical uh, and, and quite in line with all the, the, the current trends. Uh, do, you, do you see any specificity that, that could be an opportunity for a, a food and drink manufacturers listening to us? Well, I would uh, I would just say that any product that fits in the trends previously mentioned, uh, yes. So natural, plant-based, uh, organic, uh, or all those uh, uh, sustainable uh, ideas would be uh, a potential hit in, in France. But you also mentioned at the beginning that, that uh, it's, still, it's still quite a traditional market. Um, in general, for someone entering the market, is, is it a, something that they have to consider? Because is the, the French consumer eager to try new products or is he more traditional, as you mentioned? So we are, when I said we are a traditional market, is if you compare to the UK market, for example, France is definitely behind in terms of trends, etc. Um, but if we look at the consumers, uh, I would say that it depends which clientele, but in general, no. Uh, of course, the younger citizens are more open to new products, new recipes than the elderly population that is in the countryside. Uh, but, but no, consumers are, to me, uh, pretty open to new products. And is it the same case for buyers, I expect, then? 
Well, France uh, imports about 20% of its food. Okay. But most of buyers, uh, at least in retailers, um, don't wish to import. They don't wish to import because there is some extra administrative things to do. So they don't wish to import. However, they are not against exported products. Um, if the products have added value. Today, we, I mean, a lot of countries see in French, uh, France has, um, yeah, conservative and things that uh, French people want to only consume French products. It's not exactly true. It is true that, yes, if we have the choice between uh, French milk and uh, German milk, for example, we're going to go on the French one because why Obviously. would we go yeah. further? But if it's a product that we don't have easily through a French supplier, uh, buyers will be clearly open uh, open to yeah, to have foreign products. So basically, don't come with a product that could be found on the French soil. Uh, come with something with an added value, preferably. Exactly. That sounds actually totally logical uh, and uh, always necessary to repeat, even though. Um... Yeah, I think it is because we have been in the past where you have some company that only see their product and they are very um, famous on their market, for example. But if you don't have a look at how the other market is, uh, Yes, you can arrive with uh, with uh, with some Belgium salad, but we do produce a lot of salad in in France too, for example. Exactly. So, yes, it's very important to have a look also at the production on the country. And um, speaking of buyers, still, uh, so as you said, if there's a, something with an added value, they are inclined to to discuss and and to study it. The main question always coming back for an exporter, do they have to pay any listing fees to enter the market? Well, in general, retailers are not asking uh, for a listing fee for a small brand that brings added value products uh, to their okay. assortment. That's good news. Um, however, some promotional investment can be requested. Okay. So we're going to come back on the promotional uh, aspects later because that's also a, a question. Um, but uh, as we mentioned, okay, we have to convince the buyer, maybe not a listing fee, but a promotional uh, stuff. But what is then the easiest road to market for a company who wants to enter the market uh, and seduce a buyer? Do they go directly to a buyer or do they go through an agency or do they get another field marketing agency involved? So how? what is the best route to market that you would advise? Well, that is a question we always get. And <laughs> uh, and it completely depends about the supplier's expectation. Uh, okay. If you go direct, this will, of course, allow you to have a full control of your products on the market in terms of image, in terms of price, margin, etc. However, this approach will um, will requires knowledge of the market, like we mentioned just before, um, and will be very time consuming. So you need to have somebody that is willing to do the job in the country. Um, indeed, it's important to keep in mind that France can be challenging to access with no or little experience, uh, as it is very competitive and in a way a mature market. 
there is also the language barrier that this is something to keep in mind. So you can go direct if you speak French. If you don't, it's definitely going to be more complicated because we French people are not seen as very, very good with language, if I can say. <laughs> I never knew um, <laughs> you can also decide to work with an intermediary, like you mentioned, so an agent or a distributor, for example. I'm not going to go and explain all the good points and bad points of each of them, but uh, going through an intermediary will allow you to benefit from a network um, to have a fastest access to the market also. However, it is not usually a transparent collaboration. Uh, they are not going to tell you who they are meeting, where your product have been sold, uh, because it's pretty logical. They are not only representing your products, which means they can't invite you easily to come to a meeting or okay. do this stuff. Uh, so you can sometimes have the feeling to lose the control of your brand with an intermediary. It, it's it's very important to have a, a good discussion before with the people you meet and make sure they are the good partners. And I would say that in the middle between the direct, the agent or distributor, uh, you can also work with some company like Sutralis, for example, uh, that will be your commercial office based in France. So it will allow you to have a full transparency on what is done on the market and to still take all the decision in terms of prices, uh, in terms of where you want to be, etc. But with a dedicated team that will do all the job for you on the market and uh, that will have uh, the network and that will know all the uh, all the important points of the of the market. So yes, there is in a way three way depending on the expectation of the supplier. All right. So basically, if I understand correctly, depending on your or on my expectation as an exporter towards France, for example, whatever level that I want to let go in the process of exporting my products towards France, I should then choose one of those three ways that you just mentioned directly, mm -hmm. uh, or then the agent uh, distributor, or then a facilitating company such as yourself. Uh, that, that sounds quite logical, yes. if I understand correctly. Um, and, and you did mention just now before that, because once you take this in these things and these aspects into consideration, you did mention about not the listing fee, but then the promotional uh, aspect, which is expected because I expect indeed that if your product is listed, you might be very happy, but you still need to make sure that there's a rotation on the shelf. There's no magical product that just rotates by itself and sells by itself on the shelf, even though we've all heard people say, as soon as you put my product there, it's going to sell, uh, but buyers don't buy it, mm -hmm. I expect, and they expect you to do some things. Um, what are the most efficient ways to, to reach consumers then uh, and, 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 and convince the, the French consumer to buy your product? And, and what are the main, maybe the main means that uh, retailers expect from a manufacturer? Is it immediately TV advertising or big budgets, or do you have like slower means to, to reach this consumer? Okay, so clearly you are completely right, thinking that the job is not done once the uh, first order is received and that the product is on the shelf. Uh, unfortunately, there is still lots of suppliers that think like that. Um, 
so to me, there is two points that are very important. The first one is to make sure that you will reach the consumer, of course. And mm. as you mentioned, the second one is to keep a good relationship with the category manager and buyers. Um, make sure that they are happy because if they are not, they can delist your product quicker than the full listing process. Um, so... Yes, you need to keep them happy. So you need to show them that you are looking the rotation, that you are uh, looking in store how your product is, uh, that you are happy to to do some promotion, etc. This will keep the buyers and the category manager obviously happy because at the end, what they are going to look is the sales rotation and the turnover. So basically uh, get involved. So come, yeah. Yes. To come back on the question, the first question, uh, to reach and convince consumer, uh, for me, it's very important to, yes, communicate. Uh, today, there is a lot of communication that is done through social medias. Uh, and social medias obviously depend about your targets. TikTok today is, uh, is very famous for the very young consumer. Uh, whereas Instagram, that does work very well for food and beverage, um, will be better for the 25, 40 years old-ish. Uh, and then you also obviously have Facebook. After it depends about the budget that you have and that you are willing to spend, um, because you can also communicate in magazine, uh, on TV, like you said, which this arrived to... Uh, uh, very expensive budget, but that can be a good one. Or there is also the adverts in the tube or bus, for example. Um, so really, it depends about the budget you have. But to start, you can do a lot already with social medias. Um, after, to convince people to try your product, because this is not only going to be done with the communication side. Uh, for me, the two key points is promotion and uh, sampling, tasting um, in store. So promotion with discount to the consumer and sampling, tasting, because we do notice when we do it that once people try, uh, they are definitely more willing to buy the product than if if they obviously don't know it before. Uh, okay. And of course, retailers are expecting you to do all of that communication, promotion, discount uh, and uh, sampling tasting session so yeah to sum it up get involved and and you have the classics that always help you but the to start with social media is a good low budget uh, approach and promo and sampling uh, are the most efficient ones on the on the shop floor uh, so that yes clearly correct good well um, before we end maybe I, I do have one last question um, if for all the different companies listening to the, to the, to the, uh, podcast, what would be your advice, uh, if anyone is looking to export towards France? I will have two advices. <laughs> I can't have only one. Uh, Always better the first than one. one is, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the first one is being prepared. Um, because France is a market that offers many opportunities, but like I said earlier, um, it's also well established and not always easy to access. Uh, so it is important to go in store to know who are your competitors, uh, at what price are they sold. Um, 
what is your added value compared to them so yes this is to me being prepared um then the second one is being patient and persistent uh it can take between nine in the best case scenario to 12 months to see your products on the french shelves so okay. it is very important to uh yes to being patient and persistent in your communication with category managers buyers um yes Okay, so uh, be prepared, do your homework, and uh, be patient. Like two uh, great advice, actually. Uh, and I suppose that you're going to repeat those advices to anyone that you will meet at the upcoming CL, uh, which is uh, coming up uh, on the agenda mid-October uh, in uh, in a few days. Um, maybe uh, just remind us, you will be there for the entire time with your teams, and do you or do you have any booth there? Absolutely. So anyone no, wants we to we won't meet have any booth. Okay, no booth? They, no, no booth. We will be there uh, for the five days and uh, they can, anybody that would like to meet us, obviously they can reach us on LinkedIn or by email or anywhere. And I will definitely also put the links on the website uh, as usual for anyone interested to meet uh, the guests or learn more about uh, what are you guys doing. Um, Mathilde, thank you very much for your participation today. We could talk about the French market all day, I feel, but we are limited in time. Uh, I am uh, going to be saying again, thank you very much. And I hope to even see you on CL uh, next time. Well, thank you very much uh, to have me here today and uh, see you on CL. That's all for this episode. As you heard, Mireille and her colleagues will be at CL from 15 till 19 of October in Paris. So don't hesitate to contact Sutralis via sutralis.com if you are interested in the French market. I will also post the link of their website on my website where, as usual, you can find more written stories. On Friday, don't forget to listen to 20 Cent Headlines, where I rapidly update you on the latest retail items. Till then, enjoy the rest of your week, and thank you for listening.